0: All right. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Would you please take your Bibles with me? Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Let's go ahead and start this morning with a word of prayer. We'll get right into the passage today. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for for us. Father, what a great privilege it is to be here and to spend some time in your word. Father, how truly gracious you have been to us. Father, you've given us so much and we ought to be so grateful. Father, I pray that as we look at your word today, Father, we would not become um, calloused to it, but Father, we would be sensitive to your leading. and Father, that your will would be accomplished in our lives each and every day. And Father, if there's one person here today that does not know you as personal Savior, I pray that today would be that day. pray that they would know for sure that Jesus Christ is their Savior. And Father, we will give you the praise and glory for it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me begin by asking you a question this morning. What scares you the most about living out your purpose in life? What scares you the most about living out your purpose in life? The reality is this. Every single one of us that sits here this morning or listens online or is anywhere, any place, at any time this morning, has a purpose in life. Something that they ought to be doing. Something that they should be accomplishing with their lives. But with that also comes a little bit of stretching. With that comes a little bit of stepping out by faith. With that comes a little bit of, of fear in taking that next step. So let me ask you. What scares you the most about living out your purpose in life? Maybe let me ask you this way. Do you really believe, do you really believe that you were made for more? Do you really believe that you were made for more? Or do you feel like you're just stuck the way that you are? You feel like you're just stuck the way that you are? You're just who you are and there's no changing that? You're just in the place that you are and there's no changing that. Maybe you think you're doomed to stay in the same place, in the same rut, in the same spiritual rut that you've always been in. I think the reality is sometimes we get in that mindset. We get in the mindset of, oh, I've been doing this my whole life, or I've been doing this for ten years, or I've been doing this for five years and I just don't seem to have that same passion, that same fervor. And sometimes in the Christian life, we can live what I like to call the defeated life. Defeated. We live as if there's no hope. We know that there's hope for eternity. We know that. We're we're Christians after all. We we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. We know that there is a hope in heaven for eternity. But let me ask the question, do we believe that there is hope in changing who we are today? Do we believe that there is hope in changing who we are today? There are times where we read our Bible and we see incredible things that happen, especially in the book of Acts, right? I mean, incredible things are happening. Things are being so uh, done over with the Holy Spirit, it's incredible to see, but we realize when we read these things, we think we are nowhere close to what these men and women were. We're nowhere close. We're nowhere like these men and women. Honestly, when we compare ourselves to men and women of the Bible, maybe you're like me. You get a little depressed. <laughs> I'm not even close to that. I, I, I can never reach the, that, that level of spirituality. I could never get to that point. In fact, the incredible part of this is Jesus himself put us, put us a standard that could not possibly be attained. Jesus himself put before us a standard that could not possibly be attained. I want you to consider these next verses. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 40. You'll see it out there on the screen. The Bible says this. If any man will sue thee at law and take away thy coat, watch this, let him have thy cloak also. Okay, does that make sense to anybody else? Okay, this, is, this is Jesus speaking. This is in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching his disciples, listen, if somebody takes you to court and sues you, and he takes your coat, give him your cloak also. He takes your coat, give him your undergarments as well. Give him just, give him everything. Doesn't make sense, does it? That's, that's the standard that Jesus puts before us. Look at verse 42, or 41, excuse me. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. In Roman days, a Roman soldier could at any point ask a Jew to carry his burden for a mile. A mile was the longest that he could ask. And they would have to drop whatever they were doing, drop it, and pick up his load, his backpack. Think about military, right? Pick up his load and take it for at least a mile. Most people... Under those conditions, they would grudgingly do it. Second of all, at the very mile mark, not one step further, they'd drop the load. But Jesus says, hey, if you're compelled to go a mile, just go two. Remember, Romans were in rule over the Jews. They were, a, a, so, so to speak, a dictatorship over the Jews. And so, why would I compel him? Why would I go twain? Why would I go twice? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, look at this one. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Anybody signing up for that? Yeah! Anybody who hates me? Yeah, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to do good to them. The person who persecutes me, I'm going to pray for them. Most of us don't think this way. And in fact, the reality is there's no possible way that we could complete even these three things. And there are many, many, many more. Jesus sets before us a standard that we could not possibly attain. And so when we look at these verses, I feel absolutely helpless. Like, how in the world are we going to accomplish this? How in the world are we going to accomplish these things, these impossible things on our own? What are we supposed to do? Just try hard until we get tired and then stop? Which is the reality of what most Christians do. We try hard. We put the work in and we work hard at it, but what do we do? Are we supposed to just wait for some supernatural bolt of lightning to shoot out of the sky and zap us and then all of a sudden now we're Superman? Super spiritual. We can do all the things that Jesus has done. The answer to both of those questions for the, for the record is no, okay? No, we're not supposed to wait for those things. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. No. There is a supernatural power given to us the moment we get saved. There is a supernatural power given to us the moment we get saved. I want, to, want you to see this verse on the screen, Ephesians 1:13. In whom, talking about Jesus, ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom after that ye believed were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you got saved, the Bible says this, that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's incredible. So please hear me. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit inside of you right now. Let me say that again. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit inside you right now. So let me ask a question again How are we going to fulfill our purpose? How are we going to fulfill what Jesus Christ has called us to do? How are we going to attain to the level that the Bible teaches? Oswald Chambers said this, and I love it. When we are born again of the Spirit of God, we know that he did not come only to teach us. He came to make us what he teaches us we should be. Can you read that again? Because when we read the Bible, we just go, oh, man, oh, man, I got to do that, and 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 I could do this all day. I got to do that. Because there's a thousand commandments in the New Testament alone. Good luck. Let me know how you do. We're taking a test next week to see how many of those thousand that you got right this week. It's not possible, okay? But we have within us the Holy Spirit of God that not only just teaches us what we need to do, he helps us become that. Let me put it to you this way. The Holy Spirit is one who transforms. He not only transforms what we are, he transforms who we are. The Holy Spirit is a transformational person transformational person of the Trinity. He is God in us. He he is the person who transforms us. So far we've studied the book of Acts. Been walking through the book of Acts and so we've seen these ordinary, everyday regular guys become transformed into what we would call a spiritual powerhouse. One that All of us would go, man, I would love to be that. So you're in Acts chapter 4. I want you to read verse 13 with me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. This is extremely important here. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived what? Perceived what? Watch this. That they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Okay, this is key. And we've talked about this already. But for those of you who may not have been here, these guys were unlearned and ignorant. Anybody signing up for that? Nice words of encouragement? You're unlearned and ignorant. No, none of us are. Here's the reality. These, everybody knew that these guys were nothing special. Everybody knew that they didn't have a good education. Everybody knew that they didn't spend time with the rabbis of the day. They knew they were just fishermen, just low lives. They knew that. But still, look at—they marveled. They marveled, and they had took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit transformed these men. Everybody could see that they were just ordinary men. But just a few verses earlier, we see this. Look at verse 8. Then Peter, watch this, watch this, don't miss this. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. You see what I'm trying to say? Ordinary, everyday regular people became extraordinary because of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Write this down. The only way Peter and the other apostles could accomplish anything spiritually was through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way, the only way, the only way Peter and the other apostles could ever accomplish anything spiritually was through the power of of the Holy Spirit. As we've gone through this series in Acts, I have been challenged and even convicted that perhaps I have put in front of you a standard by which we ourselves cannot attain. We've said things like this, you need to be plugged into the power source of the Holy Spirit. We've not left the Holy Spirit out, but we've talked about it. We've talked about seeing people differently because of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We've talked about continuing to speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person. We've talked about it. We've talked about giving all. We've talked about Ananias and Sapphira and how they lied to the Holy Spirit. We've, we've talked about a great deal of things already. But I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is the key To every bit of this spiritual life. The Holy Spirit is key to every bit of this spiritual life. The Holy Spirit is the key to the boldness of Peter and John. The Holy Spirit is the key to being an effective witness. The Holy Spirit is key to stepping out of your comfort zone. And fulfilling your purpose in this life. So let me ask you just as we really get started here. Do you want to just be ordinary or do you want to be extraordinary? Do you want to be ordinary or do you just want to be extraordinary? Can I encourage you with this? We have a country full of ordinary, everyday Christians. You say, no we don't, yes we do. There's people on the street that you would walk by that you would never realize that they're Christians. But let me ask you a question. Do you want to be ordinary or do you want to be extraordinary? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to have a purpose in life? Do you want to be made for more or do you just want to even keel? Don't change the status quo. Write this down if you're in the habit of writing things down. The Holy Spirit does in you what you could not do in yourself. The Holy Spirit does in you what you could not do in yourself. Hear me, just like Jesus paid the penalty for your sin, a debt that we could never pay, likewise, the Spirit does in us what we could not do for ourselves. I think, if we're honest, some of us here are scared to step out. Some of us here are scared to take the next step in our Christian walk. Some of us are concerned that we're going to fall flat on our faces. We're going to mess up. We're going to fail. That We can never achieve what Jesus has called us to achieve. Some of us are concerned that we just won't make it. The reality is, on our own, you're right. We can't make it. Can you make it to heaven on your own? No. So spiritually speaking, we can't make it on our own. We can't do what God had called us to do. We cannot fulfill our purpose on our own. It must be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing to write down. When you think you can't, you're right. That's encouraging, isn't it? And Pastor Jones, you should go into some like some really <laughs> deep things here because this is not very encouraging at all. When you think you can't, you're right. Listen, there's some of you here today that you you're thinking about something and you just think I can't. Maybe some of you here today are thinking about taking that next step in your spiritual walk and you just think I can't. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's a a, a coming back to church change. I, I don't know. You fill in the blank of what it is and all you can think of is I can't. Let me ask you again, what's your greatest fear in fulfilling your purpose? But can I encourage you? I've been pretty discouraging. This is exactly where God wants you to be. He wants you to be in a place where you say, I can. It's exactly where he wants you. You say, why would he want me in a position where I say I can't? Because here, he doesn't want you to think you have the talent or ability. He doesn't want you to think that it's your doing. He wants you to step out and he wants you to trust him. It's It's called faith. He wants you to step out in faith. He wants you to step out and he wants you to watch his Holy Spirit Help you soar. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says this. But ye shall receive what? Read the next word. Power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Notice, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If I were just to read to you the end of that, ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay, Bible Baptist Church, think about this. You live in Saint Thomas or surrounding areas. I want you to reach Saint Thomas, all of it. I want you to reach Elmer. I want you to reach. Let's see, what's out this? Fingal, real big town. Shedden, all, all those things out there. Port Stanley. Okay, start there. And then when you're done with that, I want you to reach London. And when you're done with that, I want you to reach all of Ontario. When you're done with that, I want you to reach all of Canada. That's what he's saying. How many feel really good about that right now? How are you doing with St. Thomas? Right? And again, when we think about that, we're like, there's no way. There's absolutely no possible way. Look at what we're doing right now. I mean, listen, it's wonderful. There's 150 people here this morning. That's not 40,000 just in St. Thomas. So you look at what we're doing currently and we just think, we're just not doing it, are we? And we we, we look at this verse and we think, man, there's no possible way that we could reach our Jerusalem and then our Samaria and then Judea and then the outermost parts. of the There's no stinking way. Because what we've done is all we've read is the second part of the verse. Notice with me the first part of the verse. But ye shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you watch this and ye what shall be witnesses it's a promise it's a promise and listen it's not our responsibility to tell for everyone to get saved out there and to know christ that's not our responsibility our responsibility is to witness to everyone to bear witness of Jesus Christ. How are we going to accomplish this? How are we going to do this? Listen, these men could not do it in their own strength. And that's okay. They didn't have to. Because they had the power of the Holy Spirit. They had the power of the Holy Spirit. So hear me, we have to stop thinking that it's all about our talent and our ability. Hear me, it is about his power, not us. It's about him. So let's think through this, practically speaking, right? I would bet that every single one of us in this room would believe everything I just said. Most of us would anyway. Oh yeah, 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 we we got that, we believe that. What does it look like though? What does it practically look like? Remember, we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. He's with us every moment of every single day. How do we access his power? How do we access his power to fulfill our purpose? Not his power to do what we want with, but to fulfill our purpose. I have one word for you. One word and one word only. Here it is. Ready? Submission. Every one of us just went, ugh. I hate that word submission most of us want to do our own thing we don't like this word we don't like this word of submission but i want to take you to romans chapter 16 or 6 verse 16 again if you don't have a bible it's on the screen for you the bible says this know ye not that to whom ye watch this yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I've got news for you. Whoever you yield to is who you are a servant of. So if you want to yield to your own desires, guess what you're going to get? You're a servant of your own desires. And the result of that Is fleshly desires. But if you will yield, submit yourself to the Holy Spirit of God, guess what? You'll start to see spiritual fruit. You'll start to see things happen in your life and you'll start to be a servant of the Holy Spirit and you'll start to realize that it's all about Him and not about you. So let's go back, shall we? Acts chapter four again. Sorry, I'm getting. You, I'm just keeping you awake this morning. That's all I'm doing, getting you to turn all this. Acts chapter four, and verse eight. Acts four and verse eight. The Bible says this. Then Peter, notice again, filled, filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. I want you to notice the word filled. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Jump down to verse 31. The Bible says this, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all What? filled they were all filled with the holy ghost they were all filled with the holy ghost and they spake the word of god with boldness what does it mean to be filled with the holy ghost what's it mean what's it mean to be filled with the holy ghost oh that means lightning shoots from the sky and all of a sudden you're just filled with the holy ghost right it would be nice trust me it'd be nice but no What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Ghost? They were completely, let me put it to you this way, they were completely influenced by the Holy Ghost. Influenced by the Holy Ghost. He was working in them, and guess what? They were just submitting to what he commanded. You say, I still don't really get it. Let me take you to the best illustration I could find of this in the Bible. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 18. Ephesians 5 and verse 18. The Bible says this. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Watch this. But... Be filled with the Spirit. Think about this. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let me ask you, maybe some of you don't know this and that's wonderful. Who is forcing you to put the bottle of wine to your lips? Nobody. Nobody's forcing you to do that. Why do you do it? Why does anybody drink, why? Because they like the feeling. They like what it does to our bodies. We we desire it. So let me ask you, do you have to listen to the yearning of your body to give you more alcohol? You have to listen. No, you don't. You can say no. And the Bible is telling us here, don't be drunk with wine. My my purpose here today is not necessarily to preach on alcohol. The reality is this. Think about it. If we are drunk with wine, we continue to drink and continue to drink and continue to drink and allow the desire of our body to receive more and more and more and more alcohol because our body craves it. He says, don't do that, but instead be filled with the Spirit. You can either submit to the alcohol or you can submit to the spirit. Hear me, you get to choose whether or not you'll be influenced by alcohol or be influenced by the spirit. That's the correlation. Listen, we choose. We choose to submit to the Holy Ghost or not. We choose to submit whether or not we're going to follow Jesus Christ or we're going to do our own thing. We choose. Your choice to submit. Okay, what does that look like practically? I mean, on an everyday basis, what does it look like? Remember, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. With you every day. So let's use the illustration we find in Acts chapter 3. Let's go there again, Acts 3. If you've turned me off the whole time, turn me back on right here, okay? This is the practical, very, just so easy, but so difficult. Here we go. Now, Peter and John, verse 1 went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Watch this. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and it continues. Okay, so let's talk about this. Here's the illustration. You are on your way to church today, okay? Today is the day. You're on your way to church, and there's a lame man on the side of the road. You've seen him there a thousand times before. But for whatever reason, today is different. The Holy Spirit of God tugs on your heart for you to stop and talk to him. This is what this looks like practically. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, you should stop and talk to him. You know it. You hear it loud and clear. Maybe not audibly, but you know. There's something inside of you that just says, hey, stop and talk to this guy. But you're on your way to church. You think, I don't know if I should do that. And immediately what will happen is this. You'll say something like this to yourself. I don't know what to say. Following? Everybody, anybody ever been in this position before? Feel that tug? I don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit tugs again and says, just stop anyway. And again, you're like, I don't know what to say. What do I do? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? The Holy Spirit says, I'll show you. Just stop. And here we're having this conversation back and forth with the Holy Spirit. And herein, at this moment, this moment is the decision that many of us walk by. This moment is the reason that none of us ever experience the power of the Holy Spirit. This moment is the reason why many of us never see supernatural things. Because we will not just stop. We will not just say, okay, most of us like to plan ahead. Most of us like to think further out and like, okay, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Where, where, where am I going to go with this conversation? The Holy Spirit says, please, just stop. We get scared of the what ifs. What happens is we never get the opportunity that the Lord had waiting for us. Let me, let me be clear. Will it be hard? Yes. It will. It's not easy. Will it be awkward? Yeah. Yeah, it will. Will it cause you to step outside your comfort zone just a little bit? Yes. But let me encourage you. The Holy Spirit will help you. Listen, get this. Don't miss this. The Holy Spirit will not make you stop. He will not slam on your brakes. He will not pull you over to the side of the road. He won't do that. It's your decision. You have to submit to his calling. But if you will submit to him, he will give you the power. He will tell you what to say and when to say it. He, By the way, he's not just doing a work in you. <laughs> Don't miss this. He's doing a work in the other person too. At the same time. So we think most of the time with this Holy Spirit thing, is all about us. Uh-uh, no it's not. It's about the other person too. He's just using you to accomplish his purpose. He is showing you how you were made for more. You're not just made just to drive down the road and not look anywhere else. You weren't made just to do what you want to do. You were made to be extraordinary and follow the Holy Spirit of God when he tugs on your heart and pulls you one way or the other. Listen, in that conversation, if you stop in that conversation, the Holy Spirit will continue to talk to you and give you the words to say. And in the case of this lame man in Acts chapter 3 at the Gate Beautiful, the Holy Spirit not only did a work and healed him physically, he healed him spiritually. Write this down. You will never know what the Holy Spirit will do through you until you submit your will to his. You will never know what the Holy Spirit will do through you until you submit your will to his. And it's just a little bit. It's just hey, why don't you stop and talk to that person? It's just hey, why don't you ask that waitress a question? Hey, why don't you ask your coworker? Hey, why don't you say something to your coworker? Hey, why don't you say something to your family member? Hey, why don't you? And most of the time, if we're honest, most of the time, ordinary, everyday Christians we say, no thanks, I'm too busy. No thanks, I gotta be to church on time. No thanks, I've got this to do. No thanks, I've got that to do. No thanks, no thanks, no thanks. And what we're doing is we're quenching the Holy Spirit of God on a daily, if not hourly, basis. Now, obviously, there are a million different ways that this can play out. A million, trillions if not. But this Holy Spirit is the basis for the book of Acts. This Holy Spirit working, hear me, is the basis for the Christian life. Literally, literally everything we do should be done filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about running around barking like dogs, okay? I'm talking about speaking the truth. I'm talking about standing up and doing the right thing. I'm talking about allowing the Holy Spirit of God to tell you when and where to go. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God doing something in your life for you to be extraordinary, for you to grow, for you to take the next step. Don't fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Listen. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared of that next step in your life. Just follow the spirit of God. He wants you to do incredible things. He wants to do them through us. But he cannot unless we are willing to submit to his leading. We human beings were made for so much more than just the ordinary. We were made for extraordinary but we have to be willing to submit ourselves to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. My question for you today is simple. Will you? Will you? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. Father, I pray that this was helpful, certainly on the practical level. Father, I pray that you change our lives, help us to submit, help us to know when and where, help us to be so in tune. Father, we, we feel every prick, every tug, every leading, every urging of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that we just submit to that. I'll stand here before all these people and say it's not easy. It's hard because it gets us out of our comfort zone. It takes us next step. It's hard. It's tough. But Father, the rewards are incredible. We'll bring glory to you. Many people will come to know you as personal Savior because of it. Father, we pray that we'd fulfill our purpose in this life. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as personal Savior, I pray that today, today would be that day. They would realize they need Jesus Christ. We'll give you the praise for it.